So it's kind of almost been this like roller coaster ride of, yeah. well, now that I'm missing this, this is essential, but then I've really replaced A with B. Huh. And now I'm realizing that this thing is yeah. essential that I turned my back on in the first few months of the pandemic. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't know that I really thought about stuff. that before, but I, I feel like. I didn't either. Because, yes, our definitions of what are essential are not changed in March. Right. Yeah. But I think they're continuing to change. I think you're right. As it goes on longer and yeah. we realize yeah. this is essential too, even if yeah. I didn't realize it when this first started. Welcome to the Really Real Podcast, where three people attempt to have a normal conversation while sitting six feet apart, checking their temperatures every 10 minutes, and trying not to breathe air. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Yes, hello, and welcome to the Really Real Podcast. It's a show where three friends sit down for a drink and some refreshingly honest conversation about real life. We've got a lot of great conversation planned for today's episode. Today on the show, we're talking about how the world is lava. It's a bit of a dangerous place out there. So Isaac is talking about one danger he avoided, which is doom scrolling. And I hope you're also going to be talking about what doom scrolling <laughs> is. Because yes. we're going to need some definitions to probably understand what the heck that means. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a new thing for me even this year. So it's kind of something that I've done for a long time, but now I understand that it has a term. We'll talk about it. Nice. I love learning new lingo from Isaac basically <laughs> yes. every single episode every of this show. <laughs> We're also talking about Amateur Hour today where Isaac and I put our evil genius caps on <laughs> and came up with an idea for Kara to try something that she does not normally do to uh -huh. see if she could succeed at it. Yep. I'm interested to see how you're feeling, Kara, after well, yeah. a weekend of playing video games. Yep. It was interesting. <laughs> I like that that was the most evil we could come I up know. with. Yeah. It was kind of a low bar there. We're also going to be talking about time travel. I'm going to be taking us all the way back to a simpler time, 2006, oh, when wow. young Anson just got Facebook oh. and was posting about things that made absolutely no sense. Love it. And then we'll close with our word of the week. Every week on the show, we're going to be picking a word that we want to talk about and just have a conversation about what our feelings are about this word, what it makes yeah. us think of, and our word for this week is essential, mm. which is a good word for 2020. Yeah, yeah. If you have a 2020 coronavirus lingo bingo card, <laughs> oh my gosh, essential is going to be one of the words on the bingo card. It yep. is, and you it? would have crossed it off by now because yeah, it gets used sure. a lot. Right essential next, is a right next to the social word. distancing. That's right, exactly. So we're going to be talking about the word essential and what it means to us. What's everybody drinking today, Isaac? What do you got? I've got iced coffee, and this is a specific kind of iced coffee where I think that the coffee shop that makes this they just do cold brew the mixture of it uncut <laughs> it's oh, just gotcha. just like the concentrate i'm not that surprised that that is what you have oh my gosh <laughs> no, it's just it's one of those things you drink it and then just instant sweat and anxiety <laughs> and I, i've totally screwed my sleep schedule so i need that right now and you're not much of a like fancy frilly no, no coffee person the, you're the just hard, like the hard take stuff. the coffee put some ice cubes in it and give it to and me that's what i drink it's yes. also almost gone <laughs> if so. i could have it injected into my veins We've directly barely started and yeah. you don't have a whole lot left <laughs> pretty over much there. gone carol what are you drinking i also have coffee it is a little more of an indulgence drink kind of so i have a coconut mocha made with coconut milk Ooh, yeah very nice That's yummy you mentioned the other day that even though sometimes you get milk substitutes <laughs> like coconut milk in your coffee yeah. you still always get the whipped cream well if, possible. if, if they ask yeah. yeah usually and I, I didn't even think about that this morning and i feel cheated now but i guess <laughs> it's only if they ask i know well no <laughs> Sometimes I just forget it's an option, but yeah, the be other bold, day. Kara, ask for I know. Cream. Next time, I'm asking. <laughs> they yeah, yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> you put that whipped cream on there. <laughs> I'm drinking uh, some coffee this morning as well, actually. And uh, normally, I'm more like Isaac. I don't normally do like the fancier coffee drinks, mm, so just yeah. like the coffee version. But if I'm in a splurge and have a more frilly drink, raspberry mochas is like oh, my go-to thing. That's a good choice. Like nice. Some chocolate, some raspberry, mm -hmm. and some coffee. It's like the perfect blend of flavors that's to a good me. Choice. So. That's what I'm drinking this morning. All right, let's talk about what's on repeat this week as well. What song are you listening to this week that you can't get enough of? I'm listening to the Love Remix by We Are Messengers and Molly Music. It's such a bouncy. If you listen to the podcast, I've basically talked about every song that I love as bouncy. I describe it. I like a very specific type of song. Isaac's other nickname is Tigger. Yes, bounce around. It's just such a happy song, and it's kind of the antidote for everything that's going on right now for me. It's a reminder that God loves me. 
and it's just a happy song that has Molly music in it. And anything with Molly music is just automatic. He's really good. But yeah. I, I love him. And I love the horns in it. There's something about the like yes. the brass section. That's bouncy. Yes. Brass. Yeah, anything with brass in it automatically makes you feel happy. I have to move around to it. Here's what I'm listening to this week. I'm listening to Paid For It by Ty Brazel. This is his latest single in a string of like really successful singles that he has had. This is my favorite Ty Brazel song that has come out in the last year or two. It is really, really good. It's got kind of that, I don't even know how to describe it, but like almost octaved up high pitch kind of chorus uh, with Brianna Catrice singing it. That's kind of popular. It's like, it's not chipmunk, but it's kind of almost approaching that. Like millennial midget. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, that that might be a good way to describe it. But the song is basically about 2020 and all the craziness that's going on right now. That's in the verses, in the chorus. It's really about Jesus still got us. Like he's already paid for it. It's already covered. He's going to be right here with us. And so I I love the message of the song. And the hook is just really, really good too. It's one of those songs where I hear it and it's stuck in my head for the rest of the day. Well, a song that's been stuck in my head is Hang On by Need to Breathe because, and and their entire album really has just been on repeat. But that's, this is one of the first singles that they put out that Mm -hmm. I found on Spotify and was like, what? There's no Need to Breathe. So good. It's very much along similar lines what you guys are talking about. I need some music to get me through the day, pumped up for life. The chorus of the song just makes me feel like, okay, hang on, keep going, the music and the lyrics. But then the verses, I was listening to them a little more closely on the way in today, and they're really about hang on to the really good moments. Mm -hmm. Like, as you're experiencing them, stop and notice and hang on to them. I love that message, because right now, it's like really easy to hang on to all of the horrible stuff, because that's what we're getting bombarded with. So hang on to those really, really good moments. Need to Breathe has this just infectious energy of their song especially if you've seen them live. Oh I don't my know gosh. if you have, if you've yeah. never seen Need to Breathe live, you've got to do it because they're insanely good. Yes. And then there's just, I don't know, this layer of thoughtfulness to their lyrics. Yeah. As you start to dig into it, you're like, wait, this is like a fun Southern rock band. Yeah. And then there's this thoughtfulness yeah. underneath these songs where you go yeah. like, these lyrics are really creative and poetic. There's yeah. a TikTok of a girl like doing a fun dance and crying at the same time. <laughs> and that's my that's, exact yes. whole energy with a Need to Breathe song. <laughs> that is all right it's time for a word from our sponsor you know a couple weeks ago guys i had a uh, a terrible canker sore that just Ew. wouldn't go away in my mouth which is basically the worst it is and Torture. i've tried lots of solutions for these things some people take like lysine pills yeah there's all sorts of stuff that people do and none of that seems to work for me but luckily that's when i found out about a revolutionary new product it's called canker aid oh canker sores are at their worst when something is rubbing up against them and that's where canker aid comes in canker aid is a simple but oh so effective band-aid for your canker sore <laughs> okay that, you use it just like any other band-aid you no. just remove the protective backing from the canker aid adhesive oh. and apply it inside your mouth to your canker sore oh you're putting that oh, in your mouth oh, okay so that's mouth. happening right, right. okay <laughs> just like that canker <laughs> this feels a little bit more just detrimental to your speech than i would yeah but it doesn't be. hurt at all i think like well, i can't no, even feel it's it it's worth it it's I like it's not even this there that's amazing <laughs> There's no rubbing and no irritation until your canker sore is healed. It's a perfect solution. And it just stays on there. Absolutely. Was, until the yeah. canker sore is gone, you'll live in there uh-huh. and you're in total comfort. I just yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> thank you to Canker Sore for sponsoring Ben Rappadog over a really good podcast. Get ready. The world is lava. So hot right now. Yes, it is scary out there. And in the world is lava segment. We're talking about the pit of lava that you narrowly avoided falling into this week. And narrowly avoided, I think, could mean a few different things. <laughs> yeah. Like, it could mean maybe it singed your toes just a little bit. Yes. yes. Maybe you even lost a leg. I don't oh, know, but oh. you managed to survive. Or maybe, I don't know, you kind of saw it out of the corner of your eye and like did a frolicky jump over the pit <laughs> and you're good to go. <laughs> so you can have varying levels of success in avoiding these yeah. lava pits. And Isaac, this week you are talking about doom scrolling yes so if we're talking about how narrowly i avoided this pit of lava mm-hmm. it like melted my crocs like i was kind of like skirting the edge and like my crocs soles kind of melted a little bit uh, oh, i like that crocs are your go-to I, yeah. lot of rough terrain traversers <laughs> very grippy it's true oh my gosh doom scrolling uh, first let's kind of define the term here yes, so this please. is a very 2020 word it was used in a los angeles times article 
to describe an excessive amount of screen time devoted to the absorption of dystopian news. Oh, <laughs> and okay, if that so doesn't get you excited... Yeah, this is something that I struggle with that I didn't know what it was called. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. So if you're like me, you're very online. You're going to be on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, all of the news sources where it's kind of news mixed in with a gumbo of other people's opinions that (laughs) should never be allowed outside, much less a platform to get to hundreds of people. Yes. And I just have this habit of going, well, I need to be informed. I'm a citizen (laughs) in this great country and I'm a compassionate person. I need to know what's going on in the world. Gosh, darn it. And then I'll log on to Twitter and I'll see just bam. Horrible take, bam, horrible take, bam, horrible take. And I just, I, I like slowly, you know, the end of, I think it's Saving Private Ryan where Matt Damon just ages a hundred years. Oh. And and you just, I'm, I'm like on here looking at all of the terrible things happening in the world. Yeah. And I just go, no, no, why is this happening? It'll be to the point where Brie will see like the Twitter app open and she'll yeah. be like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, Don't go there. That. Put that down. You don't want to do that. Yeah. And I, I naturally like want to tell myself, well, I'm on here to interact with it and be funny and make jokes and stuff. Mm. But all that ends up happening is I'll just fall into a pit of getting Uh. mad, saying something, then deleting it and then just being mad for like another hour. And Uh. y'all this week, I think I've done a better job than I normally do at it. Yeah, I've still been on Twitter, but I've mostly spent my time looking at like animals Yay! <laughs> and, and trying to replace Speaking Kara's language. Yeah, that's right. I've tried to really like be conscious about how much time I'm spending on social, especially like through the weekends and stuff. Yeah. I think I've done a decent ish job this time. Good job. Good. Yeah. You know, one thing that catches my attention as you were talking about that, where I feel like I'm similar to you, I'm interested in like the humor aspect of yeah. some of this, but what I've noticed is while that's my excuse to kind of be involved right. is like, Oh, I can make like a, a dark, joke about this a lot of this humor around this stuff has like devolved into cynicism yeah like yes it's funny but like there's a layer of contempt like underneath the funniness he's very sharp yeah like haha here's a joke but know that i hate you yeah Yeah. no for sure yeah what a lot of these like tweets feel like yeah and so i get like sucked into it for what i think is the humor but there's still this like doom and darkness underneath yeah. it, even when it's oh. funny. Yeah. That just started to rub me the wrong way over time. Yeah. If you use humor as the excuse to get all of your information and look at it through like the lens of sarcasm, mm-hmm. nihilism comes in and you're like, oh, okay, well, like really nothing matters. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to kind of slip into that, mm. especially like if you're predisposed to be a little bit more sad and kind of operate at a more cooler temperature anyway. Yeah. That prickly humor can kind of wear down on you. So when I've wanted to jump on social media, I've made it less a reflexive habit to fill free time in my life where normally I was sitting in the car for like a few minutes drinking my coffee before we came in to record. And I intentionally didn't open up any apps. I just kind of sat there Mm. and texted a friend. We weren't doing social at the same time. We were just talking. And that Mm. felt so much better. I've also tried to do meditating consistently for the last couple of weeks now, Mm. which has been good. I've been using the Headspace app. It's like a guided meditation thing. I've used that before. It's cool. It's really neat. I don't like to sit with my thoughts very much. And I was going to say, I feel like that's one of the hard things about this. It feels like I just naturally need something to fill yeah my time exactly. right and so even mm-hmm. when i'm just like sitting i have such a hard time not. sitting and not <laughs> doing anything else yeah. i've always wanted to do better at that and yet right. i can't seem to and so it feels like you kind of almost have to fill the vacuum that you created, like with something that's a good point yeah yeah i have to replace it so what else do you replace you replace meditation texting a friend do you ever like read? Yeah. So I actually purchased a Kindle about a month and a half ago. Yeah. And it's so small. I can almost fit it in the back pocket of most of my pants, oh, which cool. is rad. Yeah. I've tried to keep that with me as often as I can just to make not whipping my phone out a reflex. Yeah. Right. Like when I have some 10 to 15 minute window, I can pop open my Kindle and read a little bit. That's great. Versus get on Twitter and see the newest. Well, I think Bree described it on the weekend catch up as like a new fresh hell that awaits me. Every yes. day. <laughs> Every time I open social media, 
when you like pull out your phone, do you ever like find yourself like in Twitter before you ever even realize what you've done? Yes. Oh, 100%. Because I do this all the time where like I literally don't even think about it. And all of a sudden, like my phone's out in my hand. I've opened an app and I'm looking at something and I'm like, wait, I didn't want to do that. What just happened? Yeah. There was one time where I deleted Facebook from my phone for a few weeks because I was getting so tired of this reflexive action. And I put the Bible app in the spot that the (laughs) Facebook app was on my home screen. It's really smart. And I would literally find myself looking at my phone with the Bible app open going like, oh, (laughs) this isn't Facebook. (laughs) Because there was like this reflex of opening my phone and tapping on a certain spot. that was That's incredible that our brains do that. And and like, that's what I really struggle with, with this. Like, even when I really don't want to do it, like I just, it's just a habit. I'm in there before I even think about it. My tip for you, if you're trying to even just sort of cut back a little bit, (laughs) log out of your account and don't have it. Remember your password. Mm. That way, every time you want to check it, you have to log yourself. That would be very aggravating. I'm so lazy. I hate that. Like, turn off fingerprint scanner for everything. Like, make yourself do a thing. Yeah, that's brilliant. Amateur hour. Amateur. Amateur hour. Yeah. Amateur hour. Guys, if there is one segment on the Really Real podcast that I am very, very (laughs) excited about over the next few episodes, it is Amateur Hour. We came up with this idea of stepping out of our comfort zone and into something that we totally suck at. Yes. Yes. Because let's face it, like at least my personality, I'm not the kind of person that likes to step out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And I think most of us, to some degree, we know the kind of area that we'd like to operate in and we Mm -hmm. like to be within ourselves because it allows us to be successful at the things that we're doing. Sure. But we all have (laughs) things that we don't really know or we're not naturally good at. Yeah. And sometimes you need a little bit of a push to get you into those things. (laughs) So we're all taking turns over the next few episodes where one of us is going to get pushed out of the boat yes. and into something that we're not very comfortable at. And uh, Kara was kind enough to volunteer to oh, go yeah. first. Yeah, it's and a so, lot of trust. I know. Yeah. I Isaac know. and I had to come up with something that we felt like Kara was not super comfortable <laughs> with or good yes. at and kind of push her into trying that uh-huh. over the last few days. So Isaac, would you yeah. like to kind of explain uh, how we pushed Kara out of the boat here? We were looking over a few different options for Kara. And one of them was skateboarding. And I love Kara so much. <laughs> but. And I don't want her to crack her noggin open. Exactly. <laughs> a different route. We went something, I would say, probably equally challenging, just in a different realm. Less we dangerous. Less physically less dangerous. Physically, yeah. Thank more, you. More, more cerebral. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, oh, went, yes. <laughs> we went with video games. And specifically, Luigi's Mansion on the Nintendo. Switch because Isaac and I are huge gamers. Yeah, we yes. love gaming. Yes, and this is something we just wanted to share our passion with Kara. Yeah, so that she can yeah. come alongside and enjoy playing Nintendo and with us. See what so Kara nice. sounds like fighting ghosts on Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, we didn't want to give her something that was. I don't. There are games out there where, oh, like, if, if you're new to gaming, we could plug you into this like new game. Like Hollow Knight was something. Yeah, that I was like looking through my games. This is like an insanely hard game. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that not doing it. It would have just been so right. frustrating. And I, and I love Kara too much to expose her to Mortal Kombat. I, I thought yeah, about it. I was you. like, we should make her play Mortal Kombat. So Luigi's Mansion kind of seemed like a game that she would at least have a fighting chance yes. of kind of trying to get into and maybe having a little bit of fun with. Yeah. I appreciate it. So I'm so, so curious, Kara, yes. as to how your weekend of gaming went. Okay. So for some context, the last time I played any sort of Mario Nintendo Wii Things mm-hmm. was probably I want to say fifth or sixth grade with my friends Nintendo sixty four yeah and Mario yes. like right. I remember when that was a big deal so yeah. there was some sort of Mario game in there I used to play but I grew up with the like Super Nintendo so yep. the video game that literally it just goes in a straight line and you just you know follow where yes. the screen takes you yeah <laughs> so, this 3D thing was a big shock like, huh? very, very different <laughs> I was like wait where's my instruction why doesn't it tell me which way to what's happening right yeah. now so yes so I started with a Friday night, opened it up. I was like, okay, here we go. Okay, press A to start. Onwards. Hey, look! Pre-created a little profile for me. It's the little pink mushroom guy. How cute is that? Thanks, Bree. So I got into the mansion, but then like once I'm in and it like the narration stops, he's just standing there. And I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to do something now. <laughs> What's happening? Dramatic so, pause. Dramatic pause. So I just start walking in circles and I was like, but now what? Luigi's moving. He's going somewhere. Where's he supposed to go? There's some 
suitcases. Thankfully, there's the little cheater buttons that appear over the top of your head. Mm -hmm. Like you push X if there's something you can interact Interact with. with, (laughs) Oh, ding. I love how Mario and Luigi and all of the friends are like not suspicious at all of this like super creepy (laughs) place. Like, yeah, it's cool. It totally makes sense. It's just normal. It's totally normal. (laughs) So then Luigi woke up in the middle of the night. There was a scream. He gets up with his flashlight. We go out into the hallway. What do I do, guys? Ah! Ah, there's a big spider. Gross. Gross. King Boo shows up and is like, rah, I tricked you. And I'm like, surprise, okay? Kara is shocked. (laughs) What? Kara's the other one reasonably suspicious. (laughs) Oh, my. He ends his little narration and we go back to the part where I'm supposed to do something. And he starts chasing me. And I was like, oh, crap, I don't know what to do. So I'm like trying to like get away from him. But then there's like stuff in the way in the hallway. Okay, okay. Is he supposed to be able to do something besides run? Because I'm just running. Ah! Just got hit by the boo. No! So I died in like two seconds because <laughs> I, love it. I couldn't figure out how to get away from the guy. First death didn't take too long. No, and no. then I died immediately thereafter again, running into the cleaning cart in the hallway or something crazy. I was like, geez, come on. So <laughs> finally, I made it down the little laundry chute at the end and got to the bottom and the first most frustrating hiccup I had was I'm in the basement with the weird ghost dog thing that is yes. like leading me around. I'm like, what is this? That's so weird. But anyway, the ghost dog takes me to this like car that has a like a Ghostbuster style backpack thing in it. Yep. So I get my Ghostbuster style backpack and then it's trying to like teach me how to use it. But I don't know that. And so I'm like <laughs> trying to like get in the car or something. And every time I try, the dog like barks at me and Luigi goes, bah! <laughs> Because the dog is barking at me and not wanting me to do something. And I'm very confused because there's also an arrow right there that says, hey, I'm supposed to. Oh. What in the world? Apparently this backpack thing that I put on is a weapon. Why won't he let me go around him? I spend like a legit 10, 15 minutes <laughs> trying to figure out why the heck the dog won't let me get in the car. <laughs> I was like, what am I supposed Kara's to do? Like, this is why I'm a cat person. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, guys, I'm terrible at this. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I can't figure out how to do this. I feel kind of stupid. Okay. It's just a video game. It's going to be okay. I will figure this out. Maybe. I might need to phone a friend. So, so I had to go to YouTube. I literally had to go to YouTube yeah. and be like the cheater and be like, what is it trying to get me to do? No, that's an experience in gaming now. <laughs> that actually you is You have true. to look up a YouTube yeah, video. Yeah. I totally did. Go find that's it. a milestone. Yeah. 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 So I had go to find a guide. Had, yeah. to, had, to do, yeah. had to do YouTube. Finally figured out, oh, it's trying to teach me how to use the Ghostbusters. <laughs> I push this button down and it does a thing and that's yeah. cool. I think we got it. Whew. Comfortable with what you learned. Finally. Yes. So we got past that point. I think the next one was actually like killing some ghosts. Yeah. That guys, mm. which was new. <laughs> so <clears throat> that took me a while to figure out new. how to. <laughs> uh oh. Found some bad guys. Okay. I've got my little flashlight. Ah! <laughs> took me a while to figure out how to actually kill them. I don't understand the prompts, you guys. Like, it would prompt yeah. you with these little, like, push this button and then this button. But it had, like, a little round thing with an L on it. And there's an L on the top of the thing. But yeah. it, what it meant was you're supposed to, like, take the little round. Thi- I have no words, guys. No, the I know. Round you, yeah, thing I'm, you, I'm tracking with I you. Don't, I don't understand the prompts. So for the first, like, 10 minutes, I just let the ghost, like, I would suck them in. And then they would get away. Yeah. And I was like, is this supposed to be how? Is this working? What are they doing? And then finally figured out what the commandment. And I was able to like smash the ghosts and actually yeah. like kill them. Guys, I did a thing. I figured out a thing. Anyway, I could I could go on about all that, but I think I beat one boss. Nice. <sighs> yes. <laughs> I beat one boss and I made it to a level with like the creepy maid who had like the briefcase in her stomach yeah. that i was supposed to get <laughs> for people who don't know what yeah, I know. Just, this sounds scarier than it, it is does. In, in i know practice, it's not actually yeah i haven't actually played this game <laughs> so, so i'm really fun. i know the, the general premise and the, but i appreciate hearing we need to like overlay kara's like, description <laughs> of like a video yeah. of gameplay for this yeah. uh yeah, yeah. Made yeah. With the suitcase in her stomach yeah, yeah. yeah. so <laughs> i i did not get past her i tried again this morning 
I just kept hitting these walls where I would be like, okay, I'm doing the things you're asking me to do and I can't find the thing and you won't let me go on to another place. And so I'm just frustrated. Yeah. (laughs) So so anyway, that's as far as I got. And it was (laughs) was quite the experience. It was real funny. My husband came over and he was like, oh, I got time for this. I'm like looking over my shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very entertaining. Had an audience. It was very fun. He saw me uh, smash a few ghosts. He was like, "Ooh, there you go, way to go!" Yeah, yeah. So I can see once you like actually are able to do a few things, how it kind of gets like you kind of get hooked. You're like, "Well, I just I want to try to smash a few more." Yeah, I want to wait. Wait, wait, hang on. I want to find. I gotta find her. But then, (laughs) for me, (laughs) as soon as I hit a wall, I Mm. I get like super frustrated. I'm like, "I'm done. This isn't fun anymore." I'm the walls were too big. Like too big of an obstacle. So Friday night was funny. I don't I don't remember at what point I hit the wall, but I was like, dude, I am tired. Like, <laughs> this yeah. is work. This is exhausting. I may have to take a break, but I'm also not sure exactly how to pause. So there's that. Like, I'm going to go watch some Netflix now because, like, I'm super tired. Yeah. <laughs> you needed to go relax. Yeah, yes, this wasn't relaxing. Because the game this, thing was not relaxing. That, okay, so that was going to be, like, my primary question was, like, so yeah. by this morning, like, by the end point Oof. where you had gotten your feet wet a little bit, yes. were you having fun? Um, I was having fun when it worked, but then I was still yeah. hitting walls where I would get yeah. frustrated and yeah. be like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I'm trying to follow the directions and yeah. I can't find the stupid ghost made with yeah. the briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> My version of that was, did the satisfaction of maybe like beating a boss or completing an objective, did that like outweigh the frustration of hitting um, those walls? Cause that to me, that makes the point. experience worth it. That's a good question. It felt good. But I don't know that it was such a high that I would want to go back to it all the time. Like yeah. if it was just me, if it wasn't for a challenge, like for me, I was just kind of like, okay, cool. I did figure that out. That's nice. Right. But it wasn't like I was drawn back to it necessarily just for the purpose of this. I was like, oh, I should probably play a little more. Although my husband was teasing me this morning. He's like, of course you need to play more. You're addicted to it. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not at that point. So the was, real question will yeah. be like, when yeah. does Isaac get his switch back? Yeah. Right, right, right. yeah. yeah. Keep trying. Am I going to get a she text? Have to. <laughs> or tomorrow morning, is it going to show up on your yeah. desk and be like, take this. Take yeah. it away. Right. So now that, you know, you were doing this for the show, right. for the right, podcast. Right. Now that you don't have to, yeah, are you going to try it anymore? Or are you like, nah, question. take this back, Isaac, I'm done. I don't have a huge desire to. At the mm. moment, but there may come a time where I'm like, I wonder what happened to the ghost maybe <laughs> ah, if I could find yeah. her and yeah. get the briefcase. I don't know. So that's an interesting point, too, is one of the things that I really love about video games and like single story adventures is story. Yeah. Much like watching a TV show yeah. or a movie that's or true. something like that. I don't know about, you know, if Luigi's Mansion is necessarily like the height of no. video game storytelling. <laughs> but like, d- did anything about the idea of like playing through a story suck you in at all? Um, or were you too obsessed with trying to figure out the mechanics to really think I, about that? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I was more distracted by the mechanics. Like, will yeah. I be able to figure out what they're actually wanting me to do? Yeah. More than the story. Yeah, the story was a little more secondary to me. A little yeah, more like, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Like this guy, this little dude is talking and that's cool. And that can be daunting when you're trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. But- well, I think there definitely is like this thing, and it probably isn't like a video game thing only, but with a lot of these things we may try like yeah. uh, over the next few episodes, there's definitely this like barrier to entry. Oh, I feel yeah. like that you have to overcome before you can really start yeah. to enjoy like a new hobby or a new thing yeah and how quickly you're able to get through that barrier that's true probably makes a big difference to how much you could enjoy the thing because like that's true like for me i could pick up this game probably that i I also have never played before but because i'm familiar with the general mechanics of how most video games work right i'm going to pick up those like instructions and things much more quickly because i've I've done them much more in the past right whereas for you like starting from ground zero every single little mechanic feels foreign to you and so there's a much larger barrier to getting to the point where you can just enjoy the the experience feedback loops of like killing a ghost or yeah yeah, it's like learning it's like learning a new language and then also having to like write a book report on a book in that language a a (laughs) massive story it's like well i I need to know how these things work first before before yeah digest the story that's a good point yeah so anyway it was a good experience mostly but i did learn this is harder than i thought so kudos Mm. to you guys (laughs) (laughs) i was uh, ready to give up on night one but i kept going for proud a little ways, at least. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Guys, Reverb does not like this game. Hey, come here, buddy. Introducing a brand new innovation from Kankeray. 
flavored Cankerade bandage strips. Instant relief from painful canker sores. Now available in mouthwatering flavors like sour pucker lemon and super spicy sriracha. The Cankerade bandage protects you from canker sore pain and allows you to enjoy delightfully powerful flavor that lasts all day long. Get your new sour pucker lemon and super spicy sriracha Cankerade bandage strips today. It's time for time travel. Time. Yes, it's that time in the show where we go back in time and attempt to make some sense of our past selves, which may be easier said than done. <laughs> hey, I don't know if you've ever gone back and looked at old social media posts or things. That The great thing about the social media era is that we now have recorded history yes. of our lives. <laughs> is that great? <laughs> We're calling there's, it there's great. There's a little bit of sarcasm okay. going on when yeah. I say that. Yeah, okay. Because, yeah, I can go back and I can see the things that I was posting on social media when I was in college. And there's, yeah. there's some entertainment factor there and also a little <laughs> bit of, like, cringiness there at the same time. I'm going yes. like... What what is what was wrong? What what's with this guy? Like <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about him. Yeah. In the time travel segment, we're picking a year and maybe a date to go back to and see what we were up to. So for me, we are going back to the spring of 2006. Ooh. Anson was a freshman at John Brown University in the wow. spring of 2006. Oh man. Now you have to understand Facebook at the time came out I th- think i want to say like maybe october or so of 2005 yeah. for jbu because back then they were releasing to individual College, universities yeah. and colleges yeah. it's like yeah. locked into schools right and you had to have a university email to create an account yeah and so jbu was one of the later schools to get added because it was a smaller oh. school i'm going back to a post that was made in the spring of 2006 I was already like messing around with Photoshop back then and I created a graphic. All right. And it was this like green and orange and white graphic that kind of looks like a a yard sign for a politician that you would put out in your yard. And it (laughs) said, buyer, my last name, Palmer, a friend of mine's last name and monkey 2024. (laughs) Not a friend of yours last name. (laughs) Depends on how you interpret it. Okay. Yes. (laughs) All right. What we realized back in 2006 was that 2024 would be the first election, the first presidential election where I would be over the age of 35 Ah. and therefore eligible to run for president of the United States of America. (laughs) We decided that we were going to create our own presidential platform. So I was going to run for president. My my buddy uh, Chase Palmer was going to run as my VP. And then we decided we needed to introduce something new to the equation and that's where the monkey came in yes <laughs> buyer yeah. Palmer, and monkey 2024 yeah. and we did not run for the republican party or the democrat party we created the fun party yeah now the social media like post that. itself just said buyer palmer and monkey 2024 vote the fun party <laughs> in 2024 right but over the course of like conversations that we would have around our living room and the lunch table we actually kind of fleshed out the fun party platform wow and our political platform was if people decided that a certain thing was fun then our answer to it was always going to be yes (laughs) right and that was that was the political platform that's so if people decided that like getting free checks or something was fun then our answer was yes but then if someone else came along and decided that it wasn't fun our answer to that was also yes oh so it was kind of a whiplashy environment (laughs) that we probably would have had because anytime someone had like a dissenting opinion we'd be like great yes whatever you think i actually really like this so we would be constantly changing back and forth between i don't know different systems of government different like platforms any (laughs) basically everything was a yes we would say yes to everything that was brought to us complete troll party (laughs) yeah fantastic so you would never know probably on like a given day i guess like what yeah. what government was going to look like that day. I like it. And the monkey was our yes man. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> because just sitting around and like saying yes to all your political advisors or to lobbyists and stuff all day, that's right. not fun, right? <laughs> yeah. So you outsource so it. That can't, exactly. Oh, so you're so actually we're, having we're fun. We're going to go out yeah. and like swim in the pool okay. or something. Does the White House have a pool? Oh, it was definitely surely. going to have a pool, have a pool if right. we were in there. Um, <laughs> and we just leave the monkey in the Oval Office. There you go. And let him say yes to everything. Well, there you go. <laughs> See, if 2020 hadn't been 2020, I would be like, Anson, this is ridiculous. <laughs> but, <laughs> but now... Looking four like, years into our future, <laughs> yeah, yeah. unattended like, oh, chimp in the White House. <laughs> I'm willing to try it. Like, 
I saw the meme that you posted the other day, Isaac, and I've seen it before. If 2020 was a presidential yes! election, it I would be like too. Biden versus this Trump. Biden and Trump. <laughs> right. no. like, oh, it is. It, right. Wait, hang on. And so there's just something uh-huh. about this that yeah. seems even more appropriate where we feel like so true. 2020 is a circus, a clown show. Why not, Why not? try Bayer, Palmer, and Monkey in 2024? I like this. What Again. Do we, what do we have to lose, what do really? We have, I mean, yeah. We had a lot of fun <laughs> drawing out the potential implications of saying yes uh-huh. to literally everything oh and how goodness. crazy things would get and how quickly. And suddenly there's a coup. <laughs> and if you've decided, if you've decided the yes, monkey, you know, you're like, <laughs> yeah. if you've decided as the monkey is the person who's saying yes to everything, very easily bribed by bananas and, oh, yeah. and right. other yeah. items. Right. So, but like that's the thing is like you don't even have to bribe them if every answer is always yes. Like, right. like people are like, oh, oh can God, we just true. take over the government from you? And you're like, yeah, yeah. sure, yeah, Go that's for fine. It. And then you know someone else is like, well, we kind of want you to take it back. Like, yeah, yeah, we're going okay. to. Okay, okay, sure, let's do that. Like, <laughs> you're really selling me on this, and you're just, barely trying. We try to be like really chill about all of it. The <laughs> perfect anarchist <laughs> utopia. Yeah, there's only one way to find out, no, right? And then in the end, it's no two cities are not on fire. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure our tagline that we came up for this was like, would we accomplish a lot like with the system of government? No, yeah, no. But would it be effective? No. no. Like, <laughs> would we get a lot of things done? No. no. But would it be fun? Yes. Without much further ado, I give you the word of the week. Our word of the week is essential. We're calling this kind of a perspective potluck. I think that was Kara that came up yeah. with that phrase, which I love. Kind of just yeah. all of us bringing our own perspective to the table on a given word, sharing and trying to understand where other people are coming from. That's the goal of the word of the week is to understand how perspectives may differ and mm-hmm. cross over. Yeah. So it's a it's a potluck, but with words and ideas instead of cheesy potatoes, <laughs> which I must admit, like a, a little bit of sadness about oh. because I love now making potatoes. us miss cheesy potatoes. You could also have cheesy potatoes. Yeah, There's nothing that says do, you can't. Maybe we need to do that next week. Okay. The word of the week is cheesy potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Essential is a really good word because man, yeah. I think there are a lot of potential layers to the word. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking about this like from a geological perspective. Like let's start at the surface yeah. and then maybe try to drill down into this word a little bit more yeah. and get to some of the deeper stuff. To me, and I don't know if you guys would agree, the kind of surface level entry point for the word essential has to come back to the pandemic yeah. and 2020. Totally. Right. Because like we said at the start of the show, if you had a 2020 pandemic lingo bingo card, <laughs> yeah. essential is one of these pandemic buzzwords, right. yep. along with things like flatten the curve yep. and social distancing. Emails that, that start within these uncertain times. Yes, right. That's the one. Unprecedented. There yeah. you go. All of these words that we are now using in unprecedented fashion. Yeah, because of the weirdness that is 2020. (laughs) Essential is near the top of that list, I think, because people have been talking Mm -hmm. about essential workers, what truly is essential in a year where a lot of normalcy has been stripped away. So that's kind of where I want to start. What do you guys think of first things that come to mind specifically as it relates to like the word essential and the year 2020? I think this year has been teaching all of us as a culture, but then also on an individual level of what's essential to us to operate both on like a big scale in terms of like commerce and going out and doing Mm -hmm. things. And then like on our personal lives, Mm -hmm. we're learning these lessons at the same time. For me, that's just been this really weird trip. The people who are keeping the milk in stock at my local grocery store are essential in that if that stops happening, life cannot function as it normally does. There is a disruption. Mm -hmm. And we've felt that in some way or another with the slight disruptions of Oh, well, I can only buy like four cans of beans right now. That's weird to me. It's it's just mm. different. And we're learning that, okay, the person that works at the gas station has more value than I may be prescribed to them before or the mm. people who are keeping restaurants going to get food to people who don't want to cook or people stocking grocery stores. We've all learned as a culture, oh, these people need a little bit more attention and love than we've mm. been giving them. And then I think on the personal level, I've been learning what's essential for me in terms of how to get through crazy stuff like this. I've been at home with my wife working from home, and I've learned more than I've ever had to learn before that there are just certain things that I need to operate efficiently and to operate well as a person and to be healthy. And Mm -hmm. for me, one of those things that falls under the essential thing is communication and good communication. Mm -hmm. I think I'm wired naturally to like 
take everything the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) I'll hear like, she could say something like, hey, could you make sure you wipe the counters down after you are in here making your breakfast and stuff? Mm -hmm. And I'll just hear that as like, you're sloppy and you're gross. You need to be better at that. What? So... (laughs) This whole pandemic and this whole lockdown thing has taught me about myself because it puts you in a weird place where you're kind of off your footing and you're having to learn how to interact with everything from a new place. I'm reevaluating everything that's essential for me on a big scale and a small scale right now. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. like that. We're like reevaluating. Yeah, like that's good. I'm reevaluating what's essential. Like I feel like mm. that has been a big part of 2020 because our lives have changed so dramatically. It's causing us to have to take a second look at maybe what our definitions of what was or wasn't essential were and how those have changed in 2020. Yeah. And I think we have to weigh everything now in the decision to go out and do something. Is this really essential? Is this worth the risk? Which I feel like we've all relaxed a little bit on that part of things as the year has gone on just because we've gotten bored, (laughs) which is maybe not good. But one thing that I think of when you said reevaluating, taking a second look at what we really value, like we're getting a new perspective on like what is essential as far as things that we value in our lives. And I think one of the things we're all discovering is like community and connection is super important. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The three of us in this room are introverts. At the beginning, we were like, you, yay, quarantine. Like, this is great. I have no problem with this. And pretty quickly we learned like, oh no, community and engagement with people that I care about is essential for my mental health and for flourishing, for functioning well in life. Yeah. This is really interesting to me. What you're describing, and I think what Isaac was even describing a little bit, is that not only has our definitions of what is essential changed from the past to Mm -hmm. 2020, but even within this year, our definitions of what is essential have changed and are continuing to change. Like from a really practical level, Mm -hmm. we've been talking about society-wide, which activities or things are essential, right? And so when all of this started back in March... March Madness got canceled. Mm-hmm. All the sports got canceled because everyone was like, sports are not essential. Right? Yeah. And that just seemed like a no brainer at the time. Right. We don't need sports to have food and, uh, you know. Right. But, and I think a lot of people, myself included, were hoping, well, maybe by the time we hit June or July, this will kind of be in our rearview mirror. And obviously it's not. Right. So mm-hmm. now that we're in the fall, I've literally read op-eds from people who are arguing in all seriousness, like college football is essential because there's a certain thing that it does for like our nation's psyche or like like sports or things that we said like three months ago were not essential. Right. We've changed our mind. Now we changed our mind and we're saying they are essential again. And that's kind of what you're saying, Kara, about like this introverted community alone time kind of thing. Maybe when this first started. Our takeaway was now that I've spent a couple of weeks at home with my family, I'm realizing that like unplugging and taking some mm. time to myself and yeah. having time to reflect and slowing down. This is really good. This is really mm. essential stuff. That's true. And then after like three or four months of that, <laughs> yeah. we're going, wait, whoa, wait, now I'm missing being out and I'm missing community and I'm missing being with others. These things are really essential. Also, So it's kind of Uh, almost been this like roller coaster ride of, well, now that I'm missing this, this is essential, but then I've really replaced a with B and now I'm realizing that this thing is essential that I turned my back on in the first few months of the pandemic. Yeah. Like, yeah, I I don't know that I really thought about that before, but I I feel like I didn't either. Yes. Our definitions of what are essential are not changed in March. Right. Yeah. But I think they're continuing to change I think you're right. as it goes on longer. And yeah. we realize yeah. this is essential too, even if yeah. I didn't realize it when this first started. These big cultural touch points like concerts, movies, sitting inside a restaurant and not fearing mm-hmm. for your life. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Things that I never thought if you had asked me in 2019, like, hey, could you never go to a movie theater again and be OK? I'd probably be like, well, yeah, yeah that's fine. Whatever. But. <laughs> like we saw that Mulan like hit Disney Plus and we were sitting in our living room kind of talking about watching it. I was like, man, I miss going to a movie theater and sneaking food in and just chilling <laughs> yeah. like with friends like that. That yeah. was just weird to me. We recently in like a safe social distance way, like had an outside dinner with some friends. And normally I am a little bit in my head before I hang out with anyone. And I'm like kind of dreading it a little bit. I was like stoked. And yeah. this is me like ex- probably on the extreme end of the introverted spectrum. I'm excited to go see people. That's kind of an indicator of how I've reevaluated things because I'm Mm. learning as much as I thought at one point it was kind of a point to brag about like, oh, well, I'm kind of self-sufficient. I don't need anything. No, (laughs) everyone needs something. And I think this has impacted 
everyone. Yeah. My wife is an extrovert and this has been insanely hard for her. So hard for them. Yeah. Yeah. So I think everyone is learning where their limits are and they're learning a new appreciation. So Mm -hmm. in like a macro sense, if we could kind of like summarize a lot of these different phenomenons, both like culturally and individually, it kind of sounds like the general pattern has been, we kind of contracted our definition of what is essential at first. There are certain things in life that are really, truly more important and essential than others. Yes. And this pandemic has kind of reframed my attitude of things like faith, family, like these are the things that really matter. Mm. And then now we've almost had a like re-expansion of our definitions in some way and said, Mm. you know what? Actually, some of these things that a few months ago I was ready to like throw away and say, these aren't really essential. Maybe they actually matter a little bit more than I was giving them credit for. I think so. I think that's a really, really good point. My, My husband and I went out last night for like a date night and we drove around and we just kept saying to each other like look at us we're out of the house we're like driving and we're going like to a place and we're dressed up and it was such a big deal and i i just looked at him and i was like man the things that we took for granted yeah six months ago we wouldn't have thought twice about yeah okay let's go out to eat and we were so excited about it we were like yeah "Yeah, we're we're getting out of the house we're doing this yeah so I, i think a lot of people have different definitions individually as far as what constitutes something that's essential and Mm -hmm. what's not. And so this was kind of an interesting question that popped into my head when I started thinking about the word essential. Are you more likely individually to think that something is essential when it's not? Mm -hmm. Or are you more likely to think something isn't essential when it is? Oh, Mm -hmm. man, that's an interesting question. We'll let Kara go first. Uh, (laughs) My instinct is to say I was going to say something is essential when it isn't. But I'm kind of thinking more along the lines of materialism. So that's mm-hmm, not exactly mm-hmm. the same thing that we're talking about. So I'm thinking like sometimes yeah, I part think, of it depends on how you define what right, essential, what, what is essential yeah. category you're talking about. So in my you, head, however that, you want to do it. Yeah. That initial gut reaction is like, yeah, there's there's things that I probably think oh, I have to have this. Like I mm-hmm. need this in my life that really maybe aren't. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, like we've been talking about, there's things that I maybe take for granted mm-hmm. that are essential mm-hmm. that I maybe don't realize are. Yeah. 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 I'm the king of underpacking. I will go for a trip and I'll have like jeans and sneakers on <laughs> and that'll be it. So going into this, I definitely am of the mindset where like, no, I can operate without anything. Like I can not oh. talk to people forever. That's fine. But then this whole thing has taught me like, no, I'm kind of in that category of those people who are like expanding their definition of what's Mm -hmm. essential. Gotcha. I'm definitely in that phase right now where I'm going, no, here are the things that I have learned about myself Mm. that I am needing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think part of why this question is interesting is because I imagine part of how our definitions of what essential are changing has to do with where we started from. Right. Right. So if if you're naturally the kind of person who maybe like Isaac says, I, I tend to think things are not essential when they actually are oh. what the pandemic is teaching you may be different than if you're starting from the opposite end of the spectrum. Right? You're yeah. If you're the type of person who says everything is really important and I stress about every little thing, yes. right? like maybe your takeaway from the pandemic would be more along the lines mm. of maybe I need to like chill out a bit and take a step back and yeah. realize that these mm. are the things that really matter. That's good. So I, I think your starting point could determine your trajectory. Totally makes sense. It's a good point. Here's another random question for you. What would you say are the three most essential things in your life gut instinct don't think about it too hard like someone said name three things that are three of the most essential things in your life quality time with someone that i love so quality time with my wife clear communication so i can know where i'm at and where everyone's at with me in turn Mm -hmm. the third one would just have to be space to be alone and think like that's that's definitely like my three and this is september now it would have been different maybe if i had given this list in in march okay so now let's say that isaac is on a reality show (laughs) he has cameras following him 24 7 oh dear following you every day hour of your life yeah and a complete stranger is watching this watching everything that you do for a period of a couple weeks if they then (laughs) at the end of watching you for a couple weeks had to write the three things that are most essential to isaac what would they write oh man coffee his phone and oh man dang probably his computer that's where i spent all of my time yeah that's that's where they would say that coffee phone and computer coffee phone computer the that's internet. rough man yeah i guess kind of what is underlying this thought exercise yeah. in my head is i think 
probably most of us don't always act as if the things that are most right. important to us are actually the most important to us. Well, because right? yeah. you saw the answers that I just gave. Right. Like you saw like what I think I need. Right. But then like you saw what I actually yeah. prioritize. But I need my like, computer though. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, like, but also. And, and I hope but, that like that's sense. And I don't, but yeah, I think no, from the outside perspective. I think most people would answer yeah. the questions that way. Right. Agreed. Agreed. We could go through that exercise for Kara and I. I Our answers, point, you know, yeah. we would have different things mm-hmm. occupying it. But I think the yeah. point would probably be the same, yep. which is what we say is the most essential to us is not always what we Mm -hmm. act like. Why do you think there is such a discrepancy between what we say is most important to us and what is actually most important to us in terms of, well, and maybe that's not even fair. Maybe it's not actually what's most important to us, but what seems most important to us based on the way that we act or live. What comes to my mind is this idea of the urgent often gets in the way of what's important. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. We don't prioritize the important because the urgent feels more important. Yeah. And it's hard to ignore that and say, no, I'm going to do this thing over here instead. I don't know. It almost feels irresponsible. Like there's this constant pressure of the urgent. I think if you don't decide here's how I want to spend my time. And even if you do, there is constantly pressure from all around you, from the outside, from everybody else in your life about what they want to be the most important thing in your life. Taking care of yourself always feels optional. Yeah. Whereas, whereas everything else has like a deadline to it or an urgency marked email or something else like even things as simple as you describe your phone might be one of the three things someone would say is most essential to you. You were just talking earlier in the show about how you're trying to use your phone less. Right. Right. Right? In some cases, it's like a cultural expectation or a thing that is kind of pushing into you. Yeah. Yeah. We're actively like even trying to fight against and having a hard time doing so. Yeah, I think so. And I think also when we get tired, life just makes you tired. Let's be honest that you your awareness for what's really important and your ability to push into that, your resolve kind of weakens, Mm -hmm. I think. And so this is a tiring year for all of us. We're all exhausted from trying to process life. And when you do that, you fall back on the things that are comfortable and yeah. that are yeah. easy. So you pull out your phone. Right. We my- follow the path of least resistance yeah. much of the time. My computer's right here. My phone's right here. And yeah. and sometimes the path of least resistance means avoiding things like self-care mm-hmm. or something yeah. like sometimes taking a nap or doing things that would care for ourselves are harder for us to accomplish. Yeah. That's why there's so many, uh, books and programs and things about self-help and about how to change ourselves because we're all wanting to do it and we're all struggling big time with how do we actually make that happen? How do we actually do the things we want to do? Yeah. So let's talk about that because there are a bazillion books like about (laughs) things that are essential or essentialism Mm -hmm. is a big thing. There's also like the concept of minimalism. Mm -hmm. I'm going to like strip all of the unimportant stuff away. So only the essential remains. Yeah. What do you guys think of some of this from a self-help perspective, like this idea of essentialism as getting back to just the core of what really matters. Is that a concept that is like helpful to you or? Mm -hmm. I'm super drawn to it, like magnetically drawn to it when people start talking about it. I read a few years ago, or this is actually the true story. I started to read the book Essentialism by Greg McEwen and didn't finish it, Uh which is hilarious. Um, Right. (laughs) I've heard that a lot though. (laughs) But as far as I got into it, I was like, yes, this makes so much sense. This is amazing. It's the freeing idea. I only have to focus on the things that are most important. That's where I can put my energy. I don't have to <laughs> focus on all this peripheral stuff. Yeah. But oh, the practice of it is so much harder. And yeah. it's hard for me to identify sometimes what is essential or mm-hmm. what I'm saying is essential and what I'm actually living as if right, it's right. essential. So I'm really drawn to it, but I also get a little bit tripped up by it. To me, one of the hardest things about it, and I remember this from Greg McCown's book that he talks about this a little bit. He says essentialism is not a tactic or a tip. Like it can't be something that you do. Mm. It has to be something that you are. Yeah. And like, it makes sense to me from a like theoretical perspective, Mm -hmm. but like practically that's really difficult. That's the problem that people, at least that I have tended to run into with the idea of like minimalism or Mm. essentialism as a lifestyle, it feels like it's a thing that you do. It's just another thing. So if the whole point is like stripping things away, but now I have to strip things away, that (laughs) requires active participation and effort. And that's why we don't finish reading the book or we don't actually like put these things into practice. Mm. Something else has to be replaced by that. You also have to have enough self-awareness to know to what end am I minimizing? There's this article, I think it was in Life magazine, 
a bajillion years ago talking about how life in the future, we were going to have robots that would offset all of these household chores, right? Mm -hmm. So washing machines were novelty at that point. Yeah. And they were talking about how the American would have so much more free time in their day because of technology helping them out. Well, we see the reality of that. We've just crammed more things into our schedule. I think Kara and I have talked about like the idea of capsule wardrobes, right? Like where you, I have one pair of pants. Well, great. I have one pair of pants now. I've replaced (laughs) my time that I would stress over getting dressed with I'm looking at my email more. Like, and I'm reducing like one area of my life just to bring in more space to have more stress than another. (laughs) So I think as Western American culture specifically, we are really susceptible to doing that. Yeah, we're going to have three t-shirts that we wear, Mm. but that's because I'm running a business and I now have so much more time to stress about taxes. Mm. Kind of feels like you're inevitably going to fill the space with something. Right. Right. And probably at least to some extent, fill the space with something you didn't really want to fill it with. Right, right, right. There's always something you're battling. Like, oh, I want to do that less. So just being aware Mm. of what you're reducing for. Somebody that has helped me think through that, Kendra Adachi wrote a book called The Lazy Genius. It's sort of like a different version of essentialism, but it's a little more easily accessible. She talks a lot about like what you're saying, Isaac, basically, if you want to embrace what matters and ditch what doesn't, you need to know what matters. Right. So that's where you have to start. Why do I want to have a capsule wardrobe? Why do I want to do all these other things? It's to make room in my head for things that matter. But I have to actually make sure that I'm subtracting the things that don't matter. Um, That's a hard one for me. Like she talks about how essentialism is really more about subtracting than it is about adding. And I often think it's about adding adding one more workout, one more book, one more capsule wardrobe, (laughs) one more thing. She's like, no, it's about subtracting the stuff that doesn't matter. So you have space in your head and your life for stuff that does. Mm. But that is easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah. Figuring out what is essential to you is easier said than done. Actually practically like committing to do those things is easier said than done. And I think that's pretty self-evident by the fact that we have books about it or back to the beginning through the course of the pandemic, this kind of roller coaster ride of like, wait, this is essential. No, that's essential. No, all of this is essential. No, none of it's essential. (laughs) We just have a hard time figuring this out. There's this inherent recognition that I'm spending time on things that I would rather Rather not, not. but I'm just not quite sure how to change how to change that. No matter what efforts I make in that direction, there's always still something that I'm kind of bumping up against or working on Mm. there. And I can't help but kind of come to this thought. Can we not just chill? Yes. For right. a minute. We can. Yeah. Like, and, I, and I don't mean chill in terms of like stripping all this other stuff away. No. Yeah. But like maybe chill for a minute in terms of how much we stress about all of this. Yeah. Yes. Like, because I think the downside of essentialism or minimalism is that we feel like we fail when we don't live up to our own expectations right. for where ideally we'd like to be right like yeah i imagine this like alternate reality where i've stripped away all the stuff that doesn't matter and <laughs> i'm this like enlightened being who You're only wearing, does yeah. what i only a bath towel right yeah. yeah i've reached this like heightened state of consciousness where i don't need my phone anymore <laughs> and i don't need yeah. you know and i only think about things that are valuable and just yes. meditate and ponder mm. philosophy all day or i don't even know what that looks like yeah but maybe the first step on this journey is learning to chill out about yeah. not always achieving perfect essentialism or right. yeah, reaching this ideal that we drum up in our head. Totally. And I think that's a really good point of what I just mentioned, this book by Kendra Adachi, The Lazy Genius. The way she talks about it, it's way more about, look, figure out what makes your life easier. Yeah. Figure out what actually lightens the load instead of adding to the load, mm-hmm. instead of adding this burden of, well, now I have to do this too. Yeah. And there's actually a whole chapter of what you're saying exactly, Anson, that I read yesterday. There's this section of the chapter. She says, chill out on the potential. Chill out. <laughs> She's like, would you look at a dear friend from the perspective of her potential, what she could be and judge her for what she's not? Of course you wouldn't. That would be cruel. But we do that to ourselves all the time. We all keep this future ideal version of ourselves as this carrot. And then we're discontent with who we are right now. Right. Be kind to yourself where you're at today. Exactly. And just enjoy the process. Because if you don't, you're never going to be happy with where you are. Because there's always going to be this potential and this ideal version of yourself you're never going to get to. And I think that's one of the biggest takeaways for me. Yes, think about these things, even like pray about them. Okay, what really are the essential things? What do I care about? Yeah. And what can I remove to allow space for what I care about? But also chill out. Part of that chilling out for me, it's been prayer and meditation. Yeah. So 15 minutes a day, not all consecutively, but like in five minute spurts, I'll make myself stop. It's kind Mm. of in these like transitional phases where I've done one job at work. I'm leading into a new thing and I'm like, nope, before we do that. We're just going to hit stop real quick. And I'm not going to let myself 
chase a rabbit trail. I'm just going to sit here because it short circuits my brain because I have wired myself to be as efficient as possible. And that Mm. sometimes comes at a cost of I will get to the end of my day and like my jaw will hurt because I clench. Like I'm I'm just like, yeah, because it's news. It's getting stuff done. It's all of that. My jaw will physically hurt. I was like, I'm done doing that. I need to just hard pause as I'm going on this roller coaster. That's a perfect term, like the roller coaster of what's essential. Yeah. Yeah. As I'm doing that, I feel like I'm just cutting through a line and just saying, no, we're just going to stop and sit and think about how I feel about something. Mm. Ask myself why I feel that way and sort of evaluate that. And it's helped so much. Highly recommend it. I think even Mm. when it comes to things like self-care, taking a nap, resting, prayer, we can screw up at those too. We can can screw up at everything. So perfectionism is not essential. Grace is essential. Because you're not going to achieve this Mm. ideal that you've set up in your head of being perfectly enlightened and only chasing after what truly matters. There are going to be days where you wish you would have taken a nap and you didn't. There's Mm going to be days where you wish you would have gotten this task done and you didn't giving yourself grace has to be essential because if you're not giving yourself grace, you're not going to survive long term. And I think it's important to remember, too, that the grace is not just coming from us towards ourselves. The reason we can do that is because God gives us grace. And this because we're going to fail at giving ourselves enough grace also. Exactly. So so we have to come back to that. We don't have enough grace for ourselves, but God does. And it was great. The other day I was talking to a friend who's kind of a mentor and uh, I was saying, I'm really stressed out about this thing and I want to do more of this and all of this stuff we're talking about. I want to bring more of this into my life and I don't know how. And she was like, well, maybe like pray about that. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I know yeah. that sounds like an overly simplistic answer, but she did not mean it that way at no, all. It perfect. was totally an aha moment for me. Like, oh, yeah, I can do that. I'm supposed to ask for help because a lot of this stuff that we're talking about is very Holy Spirit empowered. Not a self-help thing. Exactly. Yeah. Attention, if you or a loved one has suffered from choking or chemical burns related to the use of Kankerade bandages, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Kankerade bandages have been proven to put users at risk. Please don't wait. Call 1-800-99-KANKER today for a free legal consultation and financial information packet. Kankerade bandages users call now. 1-800-99-KANKER. This is the part of the podcast where a lot of times we would draw a blank for how to actually (laughs) creatively end the podcast. We're very good at talking. We're not very good at shutting up sometimes. (laughs) How do you even end a podcast? Yeah. Instead of drawing a blank, we're going to fill one in. So this is fill in the blank. I'm going to give you a fill in the blank. You must only answer with one word. One word. This episode made me feel. Renewed. Relieved. I'm going to go with hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Like actually hungry. Does anyone want to go get some tacos? (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) Let's do that. They're essential. Thanks for listening to the Really Real Podcast. Get more content or air your grievances in the Real FM Insider Facebook group at realfm.online slash insiders. Or not. I'm not your mom. Tune in next time to hear Anson, Kara, and Isaac say, My name is Bingo. I like to climb on things. Can I have a banana? <laughs> <laughs>